الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الرحم وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن عمومك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحم Asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance and assistance, we start Unit 7, which is the last and final unit of Islamic belief system. As you remember from the first session, the book is designed in the way that it starts with an examination of the creation and that's purely scientific, the first unit. Then we study theology, God's existence, attributes, actions, and in particular, his act of creation and lordship. And then we focus on human beings, as a creature of God. So in the third unit, we talk about human beings, about their combination of soul and body, immateriality of the soul, different types of needs and potentials about human dignity, equality of human beings, despite differences in gender or race. And then we talked about God's act of guidance in general, about prophethood and then we focus on Prophet Muhammad then we talked about resurrection so now we want to see what happens if we follow guidance which is provided by God and if we follow the guidance that we have received through intellect and revelation, what we can achieve. So this is something you may not normally find in the books on Aqaid, but we thought it's very important because we want to know if we follow the plan, what would we achieve? Then after this, there would be another book, Islamic Plan for Life, which tells you how to achieve this. So this unit is about what you are going to achieve if you follow the plan of God through guidance that he has provided us with. So it's about felicity or happiness or sa'ada. The first discussion is about knowing yourself. So for some of you, this is the last unit of the book to finish the book. This is for the second year students. For first year students is part of their study of Aqaid and Akhlaq. So the first discussion is about knowing yourself as a requirement for achieving happiness we have to know ourselves. You have a hadith here which is very well known from Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Man arafa nafsahu faqad arafa rabbahu 
whoever knows himself has known his Lord. Whoever knows himself has known his Lord. So not only there is no conflict between knowing yourself and knowing Allah, there is actually a close connection. There is no way to know yourself properly unless you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. So this hadith has inspired Muslim scholars to study self-knowledge or ma'rifatul nafs as a subject of a study. And there are many ideas, many aspects to this discussion. Some of you may have studied the book Self-Knowledge uh, that I have written and is a result of some lectures and studies and papers. In any case, the first step is to know yourself. If we don't know ourselves, we would be satisfied <coughs> with little things. You know, imagine if a person has been given a piece of jewelry and he doesn't know the value, what would he do? Either would lose it or would misuse it. When you don't know something is valuable, you put it somewhere, you throw it away. Or even if you keep it, you would not use it properly. There is a story in mystical literature that a person had some you know, valuable metal, something like gold, for example. Then he didn't know what is the value of gold. He asked someone and he wanted to tell him the value of gold practically. Because sometimes if you give people answer right away, they don't appreciate. So you have to make them a little bit, you know, work for finding out the answer. So he said, go to so-and-so place. There is a market for people who work with iron. You know, they make, I don't know, for example, chair, they make sword, this type of things. And you know, iron is valuable, but its value is not like gold. So if you buy iron, you buy it in kilogram. Yeah? <clears throat> if you buy gold, you buy gram or mescal, you know. So he took this to that market and they said there is not that much value. They didn't even notice that this is gold. They thought it's just an iron or a piece of metal. So they said there's not that much value. So he went back and said, this is what they told me. Then he said, now you go to this market, which is for sellers of, of jewelries and gold and you know, silver. And when he went there, every shopkeeper showed interest and said, this is very, very valuable. This is very special. We are happy to give this much money. So he went back and was surprised why in the first market they didn't you know, appreciate the second market they appreciate. So he told him, 
زرگر شناست قدر گوهر گوهری This has become a proverb in فارسی قدر زر زرگر شناست The value of gold is not known by someone who you know for example sells potato or onion or the value of gold is known by zargar the one who sells gold the value of jewelry is known by those who sell jewelries gohar means jewelry so many people have not understood the greatness greatness of human soul so they thought we are just animal we are like monkey but a little bit more sophisticated not that much different we are just this human body i don't know 50 60 100 kilograms of flesh and bone and maybe three fourths of it is water just this they have just seen the surface they have not really understood the greatness of because you know if you take for example a human being to a person who is just you know looking at the body like for example to a butcher it's just this much weight and you know there is no value because the meat is not you know eatable but if there was a value for the meat this was, or for example for blood Okay, we can make these chemicals, or pro, you know, products from blood. This is the value. They just look at the surface. It's like if you give a person who doesn't know what is radio. If you give him a radio set, he just looks at the size and material and says, this is the value of this object, maybe a few pencils. Because well, I cannot use this that much. But if someone knows that you can switch on this radio and tune it to many stations and get news, get you know, you know, informative, you know, programs, lectures, talks, lots of things you can do, then the value is different. So for some people, the value of humanity is just based on the surface, like a radio which is switched off. But for those who really know what is human being, they would say there is no value that you can put. It's beyond any evaluation. We have a hadith which says, Allah, وَإِنَّ ثَمَنَ أَبْدَانِكُمْ الْجَنَّةِ aware be informed that the price of your bodies is heaven do not sell it cheaper and this is just the price of your body with your body you should be able to reach heaven and imagine what would be the price of your soul with your soul you can get closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you can be in the highest positions in heaven so, ma'rifatul nafs is very important aspect of any moral, spiritual development. Amir al-Mumin said in one of his hadiths, ma'rifatul nafs anfa'ul ma'arif is the most beneficial knowledge. 
to know yourself is the most beneficial knowledge. Because it leads to ma'rifatul rab, to knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it leads to improvement, to purification, and so on and so forth. In another hadith, Amirul Mu'min said, I am surprised when someone loses something. For example, imagine you, you lose your pen, your watch, you look everywhere for it. Someone loses himself or herself and doesn't bother. So we have to look for ourselves, to find ourselves, to know ourselves. And when you know yourself, then you would see that there is unlimited capacity for progress. Sometimes I say this in some meetings, you know, even interface meetings. I said, according to the Quran, there is only one unlimited being, one infinite being, and that is God. Everything other than God is finite, is limited. But God has created something which, although it is limited, there is something infinite in it. And that is human being. We are limited, but there is something infinite in us. What is that? Capacity. God has given us unlimited capacity. We are always at a certain point of progress. But there is no limit for our progress. You can you know, become always better and better. Then there is a discussion about nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is a very important concept. And this by itself needs discussion, but very briefly, we can say that the ultimate end for human progress is nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is at the same time coming with our development in ourself. So if you are a person who has developed in achieving all virtues that a human being can achieve and removing all the vices that a human being can avoid, at the same time you are close to God. So in Akhlaq's uh, lectures in Hose, we explained in the first year that how nearness to God and development in humanity, flourishment of humanity, are two sides of the same coin. So, nearness to Allah is one of the ways to explain the ultimate end. But what do we mean by nearness to God? God is not something physical that you can measure nearness by physical distance. You know, when two people are sitting next to each other, we say they are close to each other. But this is physical. And for God, we don't have such kind of nearness. Nearness to God is something spiritual. Like what? Let's say two, for example, scholars are close to each other. Maybe one of them lives in this part of the world, another one in another part of the world. But for scholars to be close to each other, to be near to them, it means that in their ideas. Maybe one of them has died, one of them is alive. We say they are close, they are near. 
means their level of understanding and the ideas that they have come up with in their studies and reflections are similar. So nearness is not a matter of time or a matter of space when it comes to God, when it comes to spiritual things. We mean by nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala something different from being near a wall or near an object. To understand this, first we have to know that God is near everything. We have to become near God. Otherwise, He's already near to everything. When it comes to good people or bad people, God says, We are closer to man than his juggler Wayne. So he's already near everyone. But that is not enough. God is near us, but this is not enough. We might be very far from him. We have to struggle to get near to him. You may say, how is it possible? If he is near to us, we have to be also near to him. Say no. In the physical nearness, yes. When something is near, the other one is also near. But in a spiritual relations, something can be near and the other one may be not near. Like for example, a very good, educated, learned, experienced teacher is near all his students in the sense that understands them, knows what questions they may have, how to explain to them, what challenges they face. He can really understand them. He's very close to them. But these students cannot understand him. They are very far. Sometimes you see parents are very near their children. They understand exactly the situation of the child. Sometimes, not always. But children may not understand the perspective of parents unless they themselves become parents. So someone who is in a higher position, who is more experienced, who has more knowledge, can be very close to someone who is lower, but not vice versa. So Allah is near everyone and everything even nearer to us than our jugular vein or Quran says he stands between us and our heart so close to us but we might be far from him so we have to seek nearness what we call seeking nearness in Arabic Taqarrub min Allah means to seek nearness. Means you want to get closer and closer. Taqarrub. And mutaqarrib is the one who is seeking nearness. When you say your prayer, when you fast, when you give alms, when you do anything as an act of worship, as an act of service to God, you say qurbatan ilallah. Means my intention is to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want to use this as a means to bring me nearer to Him, as a vehicle.
to take me closer to God. But among servants of God, we have people who are already very close to him. What we call them? Those who are close to God. Muqarrabun. Al-Muqarrabun or Al-Muqarrabin, depending on the position in the sentence, are those who are very near. Literally, Muqarrab means the one who is brought near. It's Esma Maf'ul. Qarraba, Yuqarrabu, and then Esma Maf'ul is Muqarrab. means to bring closer, and Muqarrab is the one who is brought closer. So there are angels, and there are human beings that are Muqarrab. You know, we say, Al-Mala'ikatul Muqarrabun. Angels are Muqarrab to Allah. But human beings also can be Muqarrab. Actually, human beings can be closer to God than angels. They can go even beyond the station of the angels. So, what does it mean to be near God? It's a very important discussion. What does it mean? We said it's not a matter of geography or physical distance. There are different ways of explaining this. One way is to use resemblance. Those who are close to God, they resemble God more than others. I don't know if you have heard this hadith. Try to acquire those characteristics and attributes that God has. You know, God has some attributes and characteristics which are exclusive to him. No one can have it. Like Al-Kibriya, Al-Kibriya or Redai. Greatness is only for God. Independence is only for God. This is not something that we should try to achieve. But God is merciful. We should try to be merciful. God is kind. God is generous. God is forgiving. God is truthful. God keeps his promises. So these are those characteristics that we should try to gain. We should try to resemble God in his good, moral, perfect attributes as much as we can. So those who are near God, it means that they have removed bad qualities from their heart and indeed they have replaced them with good qualities. If you are very forgiving, so you are close to God who is Al-Ghafur, most forgiving. If you are very kind and merciful, you are close to Ar-Rahim, to Ar-Rahman. If you are very Charitable, benevolent, you are close to God who is benevolent. 
who is benefactor, who is Mohsen. So nearness to God means trying to have those qualities and attributes of perfection that God has as much as you can. Of course, you can never be identical with God. You can never you know, be reaching God. It's very interesting, if you study the Qur'an, you never find anyone to be introduced or described as being with God in Arabic. You know, in English, sometimes they say, you know, these are the people who are with God. But in Arabic, you never find Ma'Allah. No one is Ma'Allah. No one is with God. It's shirk. It's actually polytheism. If you think someone is with God, because Ma'a means to be at his level. Do not call anyone next to God. So what we have is Indallah. Ladallah, not Ma'allah. And means close, near. Ma'a means at the same level. Quran is very accurate. You never find that there is someone who is Ma'allah. Yes, God is with us. My Lord is with me. But you don't find that someone is Ma'allah. We can maximum reach the point that Allah. For example, we say Ya wajihan Allah. Or Or those who are martyrs, they are not dead. Of course, no one is dead when he dies. What is special about martyrs is that They are alive, but close to the Lord and they are provided with sustenance. Everyone is an Ahya, but to be Endarabbihim, your Zakun is special for some people like martyrs. So to reach the level of Endallah or Ladallah means to be very near and this means that you should have virtues that would resemble God's qualities and you should avoid those vices that God is to be glorified with respect to them. They are negated from God. Another meaning of nearness or another way of explanation of nearness to God is nearness through ma'rifah and mahabbah. Those who know God very closely and they have developed very intimate knowledge of God which is without anything in between them and God which is a kind of what we call knowledge by presence which is immediate they are also close to God 
He called them those who have ma'rifah, those who have irfan, those who are arif, gnostics or mystics. Their knowledge of God comes in a very direct, immediate, intimate way. You know, sometimes you talk about something from distance. For example, you say, there is such a place that I have heard, I have read, I have watched on TV, which is called, for example, Qom. But imagine if you have never been to Qom, your ma'rafa, your knowledge of Qom is just based on what you have heard or seen or watched. You don't have intimate, close understanding. But if you have been there and actually lived there, then you have another ma'rif. Sometimes we read about, for example, a scholar. We read about, for example, Allah Tabatabai Rahmatullah. We see his picture. We read books about him. Even we may watch him on TV. But some people have been his students and have lived with him and have been in touch with him for years. Our ma'rafa and their ma'rafa is not the same. There are many people, millions of people who talk about God, who believe in God, <coughs> who worship God. But there are some people, not very much, in number that they have intimate immediate close understanding of God for them God is present it's not that they know God exists they have you know been hearing about God or talking about God mystic is the one whose knowledge of God is more obvious than anything else. Imam Hussein alayhi salam in Dua'i Arafah says to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala أَيَّكُونُ لِغَيْرَكَ مِنَ الظُّهُورِ مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ Is there any zuhur, any appearance, any clarity for anything other than you that you lack? Is there anything clearer than you? Is there anything more obvious than you? When was the time that you were hidden so that I needed to use something to come and find you? I don't need to find you through arguments or through your signs. You are the most obvious thing for me. Okay? If someone has this type of ma'rifah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then of course he's near him. Or if someone is in his heart full of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's close. Because when you love something, you become close. Again, we have this beautiful saying from Imam Hussain when it comes to awliyaullah, 
and lovers of God, those who are close to God. He says, Ilahi antalladhi azalta al-aghiyara an gulub ahibbaik hatta lam yuhibbu sabak. You are the one who removed all others aghiyar. Ghayr means other. Aghiyar is plural. Who has removed all others from the heart of his lovers so that they didn't leave anything other than him. They have pure love for God. Of course, then through God, they love everything. They love their family, their children, their friends, all human beings. They love animals. They love you know, birds. They love plants. They love everything. But under God and through God, not next to God or above God. Okay? So those who are near God, they have such intimate knowledge of God and such immense love for God. Let me refer to two verses of the Quran and finish discussion today. Some years back I was reflecting on the concept of orb, which is a very important concept for us. And then thanks to God I found a clear explanation in two verses of the Quran, which actually, in the first place, do not relate to the subject of nearness to God. But they helped me a lot. These two verses are about the magicians and Pharaoh. You know, when Pharaoh was faced with the miracles of Musa السلام, he thought by bringing the best of magicians, he can defeat Musa. So he thought magicians can overcome the miracle of Musa. So he asked the best magicians of the entire estate to be called to the capital. And as you know, he asked in a day of feast, in a day of feast, when everyone is there to have this competition between Musa and magicians. And it's amazing, you know, in some Aqaid lectures I have explained that how much Pharaoh helped Musa If Musa wanted to have publicity and a campaign to prove that he is sent by God, no one like Pharaoh could prepare it. So Pharaoh planned everything in the best way that suited Musa although he didn't have good intention. So he said it has to be in Yawmuzina, in the day of feast, so that everyone is there and everyone is happy and everyone is, you know, ready to watch. Makan and Suwan. Also, this should be in a place that everyone can see. 
then the best magicians magicians before going for competition they said let us fix the rate because Pharaoh may forget us afterwards now that he needs us we have to negotiate and get the best bargain here so they said they said it's, you know, I put it in this way. They said it's very difficult, you know, because you know when they want to charge you more, they say, you know, it's very difficult. We may not be able to do it, but if we do it, how much are you going to give us? If we are going to defeat Musa. Is there a payment for us? They wanted to hear it clearly before they do it. Pharaoh said, and this is repeated in two verses, in two chapters separately, very close to each other. There is a slight difference in the wording. Pharaoh said, Naam, yes, certainly there is return. There's a payment for it. Not only I will pay you, I will make you one of my muqarrabin, one of the people who are very close to me. Of course, as you know, it didn't work for Pharaoh in the way he was expecting. And there could be nothing worse than these magicians who were the best magicians to be the first people to believe in Musa. And not only they embraced the message of Musa, they were so much transformed that he said, I am going to crucify you. And they said, La Vaira. You can kill us, you can crucify us, no problem. We are returning to our Lord. And you know, you can see the power of guidance. These are magicians. These are the people who have been spending their life in doing haram and perhaps eating from magic. But when there is little openness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helped them so that they became witnesses for truth of Musa. Such a great, you know, promotion from being an enemy to becoming true witnesses and martyrs for the message of Musa. So now let's look at this point. Pharaoh says, not only you would have payment and reward, you would be chosen to be put among those who are muqarrab to me. So what does it mean to be muqarrab? So I try to understand the concept of muqarrab from this verse, or these two verses. It means that you are not going to be just a person who or people that work for me and I pay them. 
You know, there are people who work for Fir'aun. How much you have worked for Fir'aun? Few hours, few days, few weeks, they calculate and they give you. But when someone is muqarrab, he is not asked how much you have worked, what have you done? Muqarrab is the one that would be just given whenever he asks. A muqarrab would be given in occasions, he would be given gifts. When there is a victory, when there are booties, when there is, you know, gifts for Pharaoh, he distributes to his muqarrabin. Even, not only he would be given, if people need something, they tell to this person who is muqarrab, you know, could you please ask for own? I have a problem, I need something, you know, my children have problem. He can do shafa'a for them. Intercede. Muqarrab is the one who can meet the king. It's very important. Because even some people who have worked for the king, they will not be able to see the king. They just get the money from a, I don't know, cashier or from a treasurer person. Muqarrab is the one who can see Fir'aun and the security and guard would not stop him. So, if we put this together, we realize that those who are muqarrab to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have certain characteristics. One is that the relation with God is not the relation of a person who works and is paid. It's more than that. They are asked, sorry, they are not asked what they have done, how much they have done. They would be just given out of generosity and love. They can be also given permission to intercede for others and on behalf of others to take for them. They can be so close to God that there will be no one between them and God. They can talk to God. They can get what they want from God without any problem, any barrier, any partitioning, any security, any guard. Very close. And they are especially loved. They are trusted. If there is something important, it would be shared with them. Then I tried to look for something like this in our hadith about those who are near God. And Alhamdulillah, we found the answer in the hadith of Qurb Nawafil and hadith of Mi'raj. Inshallah, in the next session, we will talk about these hadith and explain what happens to those who are near God. Wa akhir da'wana and Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen.